0: Good morning everybody, hope you guys are doing good, thank you for following, thank you for watching us this morning. I'm excited this morning because I'm going to be doing a new series called Seeing Jesus in the Revelation. We just finished our last series, Wisdom Being the Principal Thing. And let me just be honest, I think I shared this even on Facebook this week, uh, I've never taught on the book of Revelation. And, and to be honest, with I have shied away from teaching on the book. And for a couple of reasons, these are not all the reasons, but some of the reasons I've shied away from teaching. First of all, I didn't, in my teachings, at least in my uh, pastoring, I never wanted that to become the main focus as far as the end time events. I'm okay with it. I believe Jesus is coming again. And I believe uh, uh, what the, the Bible, the book of Revelation talks about the end time events. But my heart was always to preach the gospel. I want people to embrace his first coming and what he accomplished in his first coming, so that they would be ready for his second coming. And I want to put all my energy and focus into doing that versus, and I'll, I'll touch on this, promoting fear for some of the things that are going to come upon the earth. And uh, but, but the second reason why I've shied away from it because, is because I've always saw the book of Revelation as not a, revel- a book on rebuilding the end-time events, although it's in there. It's a book about revealing Jesus. And it, it's a book of revealing Christ. And I don't believe it's a book about doom and gloom and, and damnation. I don't believe it's a book about fear. I don't think it's a book about, um, again, even the tribulation on the Antichrist, even though it's in there. I don't think it's a book of hidden means. I, the book, the, I mean, just the, the term revelation means to reveal. To show. To to clearly show. To open up. And I believe John, and we're going to get into it, is revealing Jesus. We'll get into it in Revelation chapter 1 verse 4. He says grace and peace. I believe it's a a book revealing the grace and peace that we are to have. Glory to God. And uh, I believe... I believe the great tribulation. I believe in the antichrist is going to be according to Scripture. But I believe even in that, Jesus must be the focus. Jesus must be our hope. Jesus must be where we put our attention on. Great tribulation or no tribulation, any tribulation we go through. And we all have gone through things in life. Financially, physically, um, relationally. And many different things. Natural uh, disasters of different kinds. We've all gone through tribulation things. Or we know that people who have. Jesus must be the focus. Even without tribulation at all. Even if life was a bed of roses. Everything was perfect. Life never had any problems. We need Jesus. And Jesus must be the focus. In my past, in time of life, I know the times where I struggle with temptation. And I've not always been there in the times of tribulation. But sometimes I've been in the good times. David sinned with Bathsheba, when he should have been at war. When he was just relaxing on the rooftop and looking where he should not be looking. And I'm not, I don't mean to go in there. That's not where I'm, I'm going with my message. But we need Jesus. And Jesus must be the focus. And when things get confusing... When things get chaotic, so to speak, when it seems like the, the, the world is falling apart, we need to focus on Jesus. Amen. Now, we're not going to get to, because uh, I believe most of the end time events, eschatology, you know, we, as we know it, those of you who don't understand that word, and which talk about end time events, we're not going to get to that until that, we get to chapter 4 and beyond. Uh, we're going to, uh, in a few moments here, I'll introduce, uh, I believe, John. And the book of Revelation breaks up in this book into three segments, and we'll get into that in a few moments. Okay, we good? So, uh, the book of Revelation this morning. So, go ahead and, if you will, in your, with your Bibles, if you have it, go ahead and turn to the book of Revelation, chapter one, verse one. And John, I believe spells out the purpose right here in the very first phrase of this letter, this book, this prophecy. And he says the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now if you you bypass that I mean, uh, to me that's the whole focus of the book. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. Again, I don't I believe this book is about revealing a person and that person is Jesus. But the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave to him for the time is near. Now there's a lot here that we've already read here in just these first three verses. But again, I'm just, and I'm going to emphasize this uh, throughout this book and throughout this teaching, throughout this series, this is a book about revealing Jesus. I, that has to be the focus. Mm-hmm. That has to, We need to be reminded of that. Especially when we get into some of the eschatology and time We need to be reminded, this is a book about revealing Jesus. Because when things get, again, chaotic and out of control... In the earth, we need to be focused on, on Jesus. Amen. Amen. That, and that, in uh, time, whether we're in the last days or not, the last days that needs to be our focus all the time. Amen. And that should never, uh, that that should never change. Okay. But in in, in this book, uh, there was a revelation. Uh, excuse me. It says, and he sent last part, of verse one, and he sent and sanctified it by his angels to his servant John. Who bore witness to the Word of God and to the testimony of Jesus Christ to all things that he saw. This book, again, is going to be, John is going to be revealing what he saw. And what did John see? One of the main things John saw was he saw Jesus. And he's revealing who and what he saw. Actually, let me, I wasn't going to go here yet, but I just feel like I need to. Uh, Jump down with me to verse 19. I just got to bring some clarity. uh, What I um, believe John has said that this uh, book is broken down in three segments. I even have listened to a teaching on Boston, Purdue recently on on this on this subject matter, as well as looked at Andrew Womack's commentary, Uh, and all both of them agree that John has broken this book into these three segments. Here in verse nineteen, and uh, it says, "Write." Verse 19 says, Write the things which you have seen, and the things which are, and the things which will take place after this. Yeah. So John is revealing to us the things that he saw, the things which are, and the things which will be after this. When we get to, we don't have the chapter yet, but when we get to chapter 4, verse 1. John will talk about the age to come after this. We are in the church age. John, when he's writing this, Paul's letters, is in the church age. But there is an age to come. And I believe Jesus is the king of all ages. Jesus is the focus of all ages. And just because we are going to soon go into a new age, Jesus is still king. Jesus is still the focus. His grace is still enough. And John is going to reveal to us the things that he saw, and that's what we're going to kind of focus on today and probably even to next week. And then the things that, and, and, I mean, everything in this book is things that he saw. So we're going to refer, refer to that. In other words, I believe this chapter 1 deals a lot with what John saw. Chapters 2 and 3, the letters to the churches of the things which are, and the things which will take place are t- chapters 4 to 22. I'm uh, not locked into just that philosophy, if you will, or a pendant of how that's broken down, but we're going to be looking at, uh, in this first part of our series, about the things that John saw. And going back to verse 2, it says that John bore witness to the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ to the things which he saw. John bore witness to the, the word of God. And he both bore witness to the testimony of Jesus Christ. I believe, and I believe most of you believe, Jesus is the living word. He is the word of God. He is the life of God. And John bore witness to that. Um, In this first part of this series, in this first chapter, as I kind of go through chapter one, and I don't know if we're going to get done today with chapter one, but I'm going to break up chapter 1 kind of a, like a topical message in the sense that we're going to be looking at five different aspects of who Jesus is. Because that's what John saw. But I'm going to use other scriptures also writings of John. How many of you know that John wrote books? He wrote this, the Gospel of John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and then also the book of Revelation. But it's not, we're not just going to be exclusive to, to John's writings. But we're going to be, I want to look this, uh, the, the day tomorrow or next week we can look at it tomorrow, too. But I want to look at five aspects of who who John saw, who Jesus is, as, as John is revealing Jesus. Those five things are, first, we're going to look at Jesus as the living word. The second thing is Jesus is the grace of God. The third thing is Jesus is the savior of the world. The fourth thing, Jesus is the eternal God. And then the fifth thing, Jesus is the resurrected king of eternity. Mm-hmm. Again, Jesus is the living word. Jesus is the grace of God. Jesus is the savior of the world. Jesus is the eternal God. And Jesus is the resurrected king of eternity. So we're going to be looking at those five aspects as we go walk through this book of Revelation. And I'm also spending a lot of time on these five aspects. Because I believe we need this foundation of who Jesus is. That we are to behold. That we are to keep our focus and our gaze upon mm-hmm. as we go into the rest of the book. That makes sense? Mm-hmm. We need to have understanding and be reminded, just because we know the word, just because we've had a relationship with God, doesn't mean we're always, that's always on the forefront of our mind. We need to be reminded Amen. who this Jesus is that we worship and serve Amen. and who has saved us. He is the living word. He is the grace of God. He is the Savior of the world. He is the eternal God, the great I Am. He is the resurrected King of authority. Of eternity, of authority too. Okay? Amen. So with that in mind, go me the the, the the book of Saint, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. We're going to be looking at Jesus is the living word. Is this making sense so far? As I kind of give him some introduction, the direction we're going to go here at the beginning. Jesus is the very word. John writes, beginning with John 1.1, He said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He, Jesus, was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. In Him was life. And the life was the life of men. There's a lot there in just those first four verses. But Jesus is the Word of God. Jesus was with God in the beginning. Jesus is the life of God. I believe that the Word of God will change your life. Jesus will change your life. And I believe as we go into this teaching on... Revealing Jesus, and more specifically, right now, talk about Jesus as the Living Word. Jesus is calling us into a relationship with Him, and Jesus, who is the Word, is calling us into a relationship with the Written Word. Amen. That makes sense. Amen. And actually, and we talked about this when we were talking about wisdom being the principal thing. Wisdom is crying out to us. Wisdom. God is the wisdom. Jesus is the wisdom of God. He is the power of God. And you can't, you're not going to, and a, we talked at a great length about there's a difference between the wisdom of God and the wisdom of man. Amen. And in any day, especially these last days, with all the stuff that's going on in our world, just look at the news and look at what's going on in our society. Our society is confused. They don't even know who they are. They don't even know different things. And and, and there's so much Uh, philosophy uh, that's going out there. We need the wisdom of God at any day in these last days. Amen. And it's crucial any day to have a relationship with God who is the living word, but especially in these last days, we need to have a relationship with the word. Amen. Because there are going to be times where it's going to get confusing, it's going to get loud, and we need to know, we need to have a relationship with the God, the living word, who the word that became flesh, and dwell among us so that we can have a relationship. Amen. Jesus came to reconcile us back into the right relationship with God so that we could have this relationship with God. Jesus told the disciples, I, you are not orphans, you are not alone. I will give you a comfort. I will give you myself. I will give. Jesus is in us. We are in Christ. And Christ is in us. And we can have a relationship with the living word. So we know what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. Amen. Jesus is. The, the word of God is not the ink. The word of God is a person. And J- John bore witness to the word of God. Jesus Christ. John had a revelation of the living word of God Amen. that became flesh. Amen. John knew that Jesus was God and that he was the word of God. That told me anything Jesus says has value over anything else anyone else says. Amen. Even my own emotions and my own feelings. Amen. I don't know about you, but my emotions speak to me. My emotions were speaking to me this morning. I was trying to give him to shut up. <laughs> and you know, and sometimes we gotta get into the presence of God. Amen. Worship him. Get into his word to <coughs> <coughs> get our mind off this world. And get our minds on Jesus, who is the author and for our faith. We need that. Amen. And if we don't have a relationship with God in these last days. As we get into that, the meter, where, where else are we going to get hope? Where else are we going to get peace? There's nothing else to live for. There's a confusion. And God did not give us a spirit of confusion, but a love, power, and a sound like. mind. And we need to have a relationship with the Word. Go with me to First uh, John. Epistle, First John, Chapter One. <coughs> I didn't share this earlier, but one another reason why I've chosen to teach on this right now, even though I've shied away from teaching on the Book of Revelation, I thought I just thought, Lord as a pastor, I need to teach on this because, especially, and that's, and kind of I've said this before when we were talking about wisdom. I have multiple reasons. I feel like we need wisdom on any day. But we need wisdom in these last days. And we need to know what the book of Revelation says in these last days. And we need to have a revelation of Jesus and we need to be grounded in a relationship with Jesus in these last days. And as a pastor it's my job to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying the body of Christ. Because even in these last days we need to edify one another. Amen. uh, we're going to get to it in John seventeen, but John seventeen, Jesus said, "The world will know that you're my disciples by your love for one another." Mm-hmm. We need to have a relationship with the Word of God, and you know, and how we are relating to God will will be illustrated or manifested in how we treat one another. Amen. And how we respond to certain things. I'm not saying in the moment we can we won't respond to the flesh we all have. But when we come to our senses, as far as I'm saying from our God senses, we realize we were in the flesh and we can make things right. When we, have, You know, even when we fail, even when we come short, even when we fumble the ball, so to speak, when we have a relationship with the Word, Jesus, of any word in us, can help us to make things right. Amen. And I think so. Just a little commentary in between. 1 John 1, 1, 1, 1 And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. John said he knew Jesus. John said he saw Jesus. He gazed on Jesus. He touched Jesus. He had a relationship with Jesus. It was real. Jesus is the Word of God. Since the beginning, since what beginning? I believe in this, since John... Since the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry, as the word became flesh and dwelt among us, John had a relationship with Jesus. It was real. It was authentic. He said, I touched him. I, I saw him. I had a relationship with Jesus. It was personal. It was authentic. It was real. And I believe we too can have that same type of relationship with Jesus. We might not be able to touch him in a physical sense. But I don't know about you, but my relationship with Jesus is more real than my relationship with you. I want it to be. Sometimes I know it's not. But I know it's there. And I know I've had. And to me, that's the most important relationship of all relationships. Because everything else stems from there. And if there's anything I need to guard over everything else, I can lose everything else. But I can't lose my relationship with Jesus. Amen. That makes sense? Yes. But it's real. It's not just on Sunday morning. It's not just when you open the, the written word. It's not just when you, uh, uh, you're having your devotions or what I, how, however you connect with God. I don't know about you, but there have been times I've been busy stocking shelves in a, in, a, in, a, in a toy store, and I'm having a relationship with Jesus. Amen. He's everywhere, He's in me. And actually, Paul says it this way, I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. Amen. And I want a relationship with God. John touched him. But I also get this from John, that in his relationship with Jesus, and we know this about all the apostles, Jesus came into the boat of their lives, and he changed their lives. Their lives were never the same. Amen. Whether it was a fisherman, a tax collector, or whatever their vocation was. Or maybe they didn't even have a vocation. We don't know that about each particular disciple. But he changed their lives. Their lives were never the same again once he came into their lives. Jesus, the Word of God, will change your life. And it's not just getting a revelation as far as a glimpse of him or that you know about him. But as a bit John wants to give it as a revelation so that we can not only bear witness as he bore witness, but that we can also have a relationship with Jesus. That is what the you in any day. Amen. On any day. You don't have to turn to it, but John said that uh, Jesus said this in John 5.39. He's he talking to the Pharisees, you search the scriptures, for you think in them you have eternal life. But they, the Scriptures, testify of me. If you have a relationship with the Scriptures, I don't care if you are in Genesis to Maps, or Genesis to the book of Revelation, what we're talking about. The Scriptures will give testimony to Jesus. That makes sense? The, the word, we don't have eternal life in the Scriptures. The, the Scriptures testify of Jesus. And I'm getting ahead of myself in John 17, 3. Jesus says, this is eternal life, that you know me. By having a relationship with Jesus, the Word of God, the Father, we have a, that is eternal life. Amen. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. We're going there already. But the scriptures testify of Jesus. John bore witness of the Word of God, of the testimony of Jesus Christ. I mean, uh, just uh, what I mean, just uh, I grew up in a Christian home. I've gone to church all my life. But it wasn't really until the last 10 years I understood grace, understood righteousness, understood basically the gospel because the gospel reveals the righteousness of God. I thought I knew the gospel, I thought I knew who I was in Christ. But it have not been until the last 10 years that I really understood that. I'm still learning, but I, I, I've, I've come of grips with, with the gospel. And before, when I read the Old Testament, the Leviticus, for example, the the, the blood and the rituals and the laws, how I saw was blood, rituals, and laws. But now I see Jesus. I see Jesus in the sacrifices. I see Jesus in the in the in, in everything that God illustrated in my perspective in the Levitical law, and the in the in the rituals, and the and the, in the the offerings and the sacrifices even the the feasts and the festivals and all different things. I see Jesus. I see Jesus in the book, in any book of the Bible. And and through the years, I always saw the book of Revelation as end-time events. But it's not about that. It includes that, but it's a book about revealing Jesus. And the the book, the, the, the scriptures, including the book of Revelation, give testimony to Jesus. Not testimony to end-time events. I'm not saying that's not true and factual, but it gives the, the main message, the main prophecy of this book is to bear witness and give testimony to Jesus. That's what John saw. Is that making sense? Yep. Uh, in John 8, 31, 32. Again, you don't need to turn there for the sake of time. But Jesus said, if you continue in my word, you will be my disciple. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Uh, you know, I, I quote so many times I hear uh people quote John eight thirty-two, but I don't hear people really read or quote so much verse thirty one. That's right. It says continue if you continue in my word. You're my disciple. What's a disciple? A disciple is a student. It's a I like to use the word apprentice. He's one who, who yes, he's studying. He's being disciplined in his study. The word "discipline" "disciple" are very close in the Greek. But it's also being disciple to become like the teacher. Jesus is our teacher. The Spirit of God is the Spirit of Truth. He's teaching us to be, and we are called to make disciples, not converts. I believe there's a point of conception, and so in that sense there's a convert. But we're here to make disciples of all nations. We're here to teach them. We're here to give testimony of the word of God to teach them. Uh, uh, but he says, if you continue in my word, you will be my disciples indeed. Amen. But it, it goes, uh, verse 32, it goes with it. And you shall know the truth. If you're a disciple, if you're in his word, you're going to know the truth. We call them, Quoted all the time, the truth will set you free. No, it won't. It has the power to, it has the the capacity to. In that seed, it's already designed, and I have the capacity to set you free. But you must know it. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. But you're not going to know the truth if you're not continuing in a relationship with the truth. And I say that on any day. You know, you know, as pastors, the number one thing we get is not so much prayer for healing or finances, even though we get those in relationships. It's just wisdom. I need direction. I don't know what to do. And sometimes it's not because their life is a mess. Sometimes their life is a mess. But they just need simple direction. They're at a fork in the road. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. But even life's not a mess. Maybe it's a sickness or a disease or whatever it might be. A lot of them are in bondage to their sickness or illness based on the truth they know. Based on the revelation of the truth that they know. Some people think God gave them sickness. Some people think that they're in the position because it's their fault. And maybe they are in their position because it was their fault. But when you know the truth, when you hear the gospel, you know that you don't have to settle for the sickness. You don't have to settle for the lack. That Jesus Christ has provided healing. Healing is here. Freedom is here. And when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And it's one of my favorite things of the pastor. is not the crowds. It's seeing a life transformed by the power of God. By the word of God i love to see a miracle. But you know the greatest miracle i love to see? It's a life being born again. Amen. Seeing a life being transformed because it has a relationship with the Word. I love seeing a healing, but I love seeing a life walking in divine health. Because they know the truth. And the truth, they're a disciple. They are being a student. They are in a continuous relationship with the Word. I say that on any good day, but in these last days, we need to know the truth, so the truth can set us free. Amen. We can get real quick when things get the odd. We can get into the bondage of fear. We can get in the bondage, and our flesh can be get pretty nasty when it's fear, when it's upset, or whatever's going on, and when it's when it's scared, and it can react and respond and things that you think that you couldn't even do or wouldn't you ever do. But we walk in the Spirit so we won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. We have a relationship with God so we know the truth and the truth will set us free. We, Jesus said, and I believe it's in Mark or Luke, uh, that hearts, many hearts will more them because of the things coming on the earth. We faith come from hearing the Word of God. But if you're not having a relationship with the Word of God, you're faith and you become shipwrecked. We need to have a relationship with the Word. John saw and bore witness to the Word of God. And he didn't just testify that in the book of Revelation, but he's testifying that in his in the, in the Gospel of John. He's testifying it here in the opening uh, verses of this book. He saw Jesus. He had a relationship with the Word of God. And, I, I mean, to me, what John is saying in both of these books, the Gospel of John and, and in the Epistle of 1 John, I believe John is saying the premise that everything else he's going to say is based on this relationship with Jesus. Because without that relationship with Jesus, he had nothing to say. He had everything else that he's going to teach us it was revealed to him by having a relationship with Jesus. Does that make sense? And so, it does for me. But let me just say this. If you want your life to change, and I'm not just talking to unbelievers. I'm talking to even us believers. If there's an area of your life you want it to change, have a relationship with God. Have a relationship with the Word of God. He will direct you. For example, if you're not, if you're, I mean, if you're not happy with being sick, if you're not happy with things are going on, if you're not happy with the confusion and everything, have a relationship with the Word. I'm not saying, I mean, I, I can open a lot of doors with a lot Just this one going, we, there will be persecution. Jesus said, uh, there will be tribulation in this world. And I'm not saying that is mean, always going to be a bed of roses. Look at the apostles. Look at Paul. He was stoned. All the afflictions that he went through for the gospel. John was boiled in the oil. They couldn't kill the guy. That's why they put him on the island hoping so hopefully no one would hear him. But we're still listening to everything he, he, he wrote down to this day. That's good. But their, their their lives they they were not so they weren't consumed with this life, the things of this world. But it didn't mean it didn't bother them. It didn't mean it was always easy. It hurt being stoned. It hurt. It hurt being left for dead. It hurt being uh, persecuted the way they were. It wasn't always comfortable. I'm not sure that's what they really signed up for. But the, John, I'm getting ahead of myself with some other note, things I want to pronounce. But Paul said he made himself a bomb servant to Jesus Christ. Amen. So that, I believe, so that we also would hear the gospel. And hear the things that Paul, God revealed to Paul. Amen. The things that God revealed to John. Amen. And other things. And there's things that God wants to reveal to you. By having a relationship with God. God's still speaking. He's still speaking to His church. He wants a relationship with you. He Amen. wants to speak to you. He wants you to, he, he wants you to know His voice. That in the midst of a crowd, in the midst of the chaos, you can hear His voice. Say, peace, be still. Amen. Don't be afraid, my child. I love you. We need to hear that voice. I need to hear that voice today. There's some things that I'm going, we're going through. We need to hear that. We need to be reminded of that voice. And His mercies are new and fresh morning. God is never tired to remind you. He gave us a table of remembrance in the midst of our, in the presence of our enemies to remind us. His body that was broken for us. His blood of His covenant that was shed for us. We need that reminder. Sometimes we need that reminder all the time. Sometimes we need that reminder every five minutes. You know, we we just need that reminder. And it's okay. But we need, if if we're not having a relationship with the Word, it won't change our life. Let me just say this, so. Your relationship with the Word determines the place God holds in your daily lives. I don't say that as a rebuke. But, the, and I'm not here trying to make offend anyone. But the, the, how do I say that? Your relationship with the Word determines the place God holds in your daily lives. Whatever you value, you will spend time with. Now I get it, we have busy schedules. I get to some people, because of their circumstances or maybe even the culture they live in, they're limited by some things. Some cultures are not even allowed to have a written word. I understand that. But thank God it's not about the ink. We can have a relationship with Him, the living word of God. And we, you know, I don't always have, I probably, because of my vocation, I have more time to spend with the Lord than to me some people just because of my workload. That's changing pretty soon. We're looking on a new, a new chapter and some things. But, even then, we can have a relationship with the Word by just having a relationship with Jesus, who is the Word. And there's been times where I've been so busy, I've just just focused on Him. And Sometimes I have to close my eyes, sometimes I can't because I'm driving or whatever. You know, It's not a good thing. Uh, and everyone else in the car saying, thank you for keeping your eyes open. Okay. <laughs> But sometimes, you know, but how many of you know he will keep a perfect peace? He will mind the state upon them. Amen. And he has been many times Mm -hmm. in our lives. He has been our anchor. The anchor was always there. But it it was always tempting to get our eyes on the storm. Peter did that. We get on Peter, but he walked on the water. He had done something I hadn't done yet. And he actually walked on the water twice. He walked on the water back to the boat because he simply said, Lord, help. Sometimes like we need to say help. He is there 24-7 to help. But it helps when we have that relationship with Jesus. Making sense? Yep. Go with me to John 17. John 17, verse 17. Now, in the context of this, sometimes I like bringing that out. Jesus is getting ready to go to the cross. He's getting ready to do why why he came. But also in that context, he's also in his last words, his last few hours before he goes to the cross. And he just spent some end of a of time with the disciples, which we'll get to you a little bit later. But here he is, he's praying for his disciples. He's praying for you. He's praying for me. How many of you know that Jesus never Jesus prayed a prayer that I've never got answered? He's praying for you. He's praying for me. Are you a disciple? He's praying for you. Amen. And he said, he praises to his Father. This is his heart. And if Jesus you seen me, you've seen the Father. So this is the Father's heart for you. This is Jesus' heart, the living word of God. His heart for you. And he praises, Lord, sanctify them by your truth. Your word. I don't know about you, but the word sanctify means to be set apart. In these last days of any day, I want to be set apart from the world. We talk, just talk about the wisdom of God and the wisdom of man. I don't want to actually we talked about James and the wisdom of man, man is earthly, it's sensual, it's demonic. The wisdom of God is pure, it's peaceful, it's willing to be entreated. It's full of mercy, without partiality, without hypocrisy. You ever mm-hmm. meet someone and they won't, you can't entreat with them? That's not the wisdom of God. And and, and there's there many aspects. I don't mean so, so much to get back into that. But he has sanctified us by his word. Sometimes mm-hmm. when we're in the midst of a trial, tribulation, and in these last days there's going to be a lot of that. We need to be sanctified in our minds, in our hearts, in our m- emotions. By His Word, His Word is truth, and sometimes there's so many voices, and there's so many. How do you know what's truth? Pontius Pilate asked Jesus, "What's truth?" And you know, and there's even a a philosophy out there. Well, this is my truth, and you're going to get a lot of voices in these last days, in the day and age that we live. It's already here. People think it's their truth. Well, that's your truth. This is my truth. Now they find the for truth. And so even in our society today, we've lost the meaning of what truth is. But one message the that we heard from Mark mentioned a few years ago, and, and we've heard it since then too, but truth is truth whether you believe it's true. It's true. It doesn't require your vote. But truth it's truth. Jesus, his word, is truth. The world may not accept it, the world might not abide in it. The world might not continue in it because they're not even in it. But you are in the world. You're not. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. You can have a relationship with the truth. That no matter what goes on, you know what's true, and that truth can set you free. Amen. The world is in bondage to many things because they don't know the truth. Amen. But the truth will set you free. There's so much about that. But he is sanctified. Jesus prayed that we would be sanctified by his truth. I don't know about you, unless you're going through something. That's gold to me. That's precious to me. Because there's sometimes when we don't understand what's going on and why it's going on, but we can know the truth. And the truth can set us free. They can set us free from our lives and our ankles. From going down the road of bitterness, anger, resentment, have a chip on our shoulder, unforgiveness. We can... Uh, uh, the Other things that... We, when we get a doctor's report, we just accept the bad report. Or you check the, 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 your bank book, or you go online, and you check your balance, and... Well, that's true. They said that I don't have any money. It's that I owe money. <laughs> I can't, I can't go in and out. I can't go where I need to go. <laughs> Jesus is our source for everything, and you know there was. A, I mean, look at the. I can bring out so many examples. Jesus twice fed the multitudes. He asked the disciples, "Do you guys have any bread, or, or food?" I'm paraphrasing it. They said, well, there's a boy with a sack lunch. Two loaves and bread and fish. We got 4,000, 5,000 people, depending on which story we're we're talking about. I mean, even Jesus didn't have the sack lunch. The boy did. But God is not limited by your natural Resources. Amen. By the circumstances, he's not limited by the, the the world's economy. He's not limited by the doctors knowing how to cure. Amen. He's not limited by the injustice in our in our land, where that may come into play, or maybe in the country where you. He's yeah. not limited by. Dictatorship or or their social injustice. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. As you yeah. have a relationship with the Word, and I believe it just and we're going to get into this. But I believe just as they're going to, there's a tribulation coming in the in the, in, in the last days, I believe there's also a great revival coming. And I don't want to get all all that right now, but whether we're in this age or things are going to come, we need Jesus amen, and the world, although they might not acknowledge it, need Jesus too, and they're looking I mean you look at our movies, you look at the music, they're looking for the supernatural they're looking for a superhero they're looking for all these other um, occult types of movies that are coming out whatever. They're looking for the supernatural. We have the way, the truth, and the life. We have everything that the world is looking for in Jesus. And it's time for us, the children of God, to manifest and, and give testimony what we have more witness to, Jesus Christ in us, all the hall of glory. It's for us to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. For us to speak things, to us to feed the 5,000 and 4,000. for us to do things in his name because we know the truth, and the truth will set us free. We have continued in His Word. We have a relationship with Him the Word. And whatever the situation dictates, as we have a relationship, Jesus did nothing without spending time with the Father. And Jesus always had compassion on His people. He he had compassion on the multitudes. He had compassion on the blind man. He had compassion. Jesus was moved by compassion. Where did that compassion come from? That passion came from having a relationship with His Father. Having a relationship with His Daddy. And as we have a relationship with God, Jesus the living Word, we will have that compassion too. And he often, when I teach on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, when I teach on the power of the Holy Spirit, I usually teach about this compassion because the greatest gift of all is love and then we can't let we love because he first loved us and we have a relationship with God who is love, His love, his nature flows in us and through us in compassion into the supernatural to, to whatever the, 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 the need may need whatever may be needed. That makes sense? And, we should, and it's not just setting us free, but it's setting people around us free Amen. by the power of the Word, by the power of the Gospel, by the power of Jesus, who is the Word. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Go, uh, John fifteen 3. We're not going to get there, I don't think I'm going to get to the other Wednesday, and that's fine. I don't want to rush through this. Now some people are going to tell me, I'm sure, Dave, I thought you were going to talk about Revelation. When are you going to get to the good stuff? And they're picking the pathology. Though. I believe this is the good stuff. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to downplay some of these other things, but if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, end time or no end times, Jesus said, apart from me, you can't do nothing. Having a relationship with Jesus is everything. It's everything. It has to be our foundation in the good times and the bad. But Jesus said this in John 15 3. Oh, yeah. Okay. You have it right. I have it wrong. Let me catch up with you. I was at John 13 5. I flipped it. He says, You are already clean because of the word which I spoke to you. You are clean. Because of the word I spoke to you. And he says you're already king. He's talking to his disciples. He's, he's having a very intimate time with disciples before he's going to go to the cross. He's getting ready to wash their feet. He's going to have a dialogue with Peter. And he says, Master, don't wash my feet. I need to wash your feet. Jesus is going to say, If I don't wash your feet, you have no part of me. Peter's going to say, Don't just wash my feet, do the whole thing. And then he's gonna tell us, if you call me teacher, Lord, and you do well. We your te- your Lord have washed your feet. Wash one another's feet. How I many of you know, even though we are saved, those of us who are in Christ, we tend sometimes to get our feet dirty. They get muddy now, whatever we step into, whatever. And sometimes it's not so pretty. Sometimes it don't smell so pretty. But just need to get back into his presence, get back into his word, to re-remind Him that in Christ we are already cleansed, and our minds need to be renewed, renovated, in a sense, washed again. Amen. Our feet need to be reminded that we are shodden with the gospel we were once a prodigal but now we have been given the sandals of sonship as a, as a son of the king and of the father who loves us his mercy never ends he puts the realm of righteousness on us the ring of, of authority back on our finger and he calls us son he calls us child daughter we need to be reminded we need our master our lord to wash our feet and cleanse us and how does he do that by the word. I don't know about you, but sometimes my mind because of my emotions and everything because of what I've gone through. I mean, no, life just not fair. It doesn't always throw us the, the, a, a full deck. It doesn't always fair. Sometimes we feel cheated, robbed, betrayed. All kinds of different things will go on. And we just need to be reminded that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are cleansed. We are sanctified. Amen. We need to read that reminder. Amen. Because without the reminder, our faith will become shipwrecked. And we will continue going down a path mentally, psychologically, and even in other ways, a path that we don't want to go. Even then, he's able to restore us. But I don't know about you, but I don't want to waste time. I don't want to go through all that. The shortcut. The fast way. To everything. Is being Amen. in the Word and a relationship with God, and even if you find yourself lost again in a sense in your mind and your emotions, come to back to that place in His Word. Today, even this morning, we were going through some days, and I just first thing I I just need to get back in His presence, back into the Word. Amen. We need that. We all need that. That makes sense. And I want to teach on this as we go into the Book of Revelation. John bore witness of this. it' going to be the first John chapter 2. We're going to wrap it up there in just a minute. First John chapter 2, verse 14. We're going to come back to this passage later in our study, but I want to just point out something right here. I'm going to draw something right out in the middle of this verse, but I'm just going to read the beginning of the verse. 1 John 2.14 It says, I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. This is a phrase I really want to look at just for now. I have written to you, young man, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. You are strong because the word of God abides in you. The word of God is abiding in us is our strength. It's not our intellect. It's not our, even our theology as far as us having our theology. It's not about what church we go to. It's not about the credentials on our name. It's not how long we've been a Christian. It's not about any of those things. We have our strength is his word. Our strength is our identity in Christ. Our strength is the blood of Jesus. Our strength is we've been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer I who live it's Christ in me. He is our strength and having a relationship, abiding in Him, walking in Him, abiding you know with any relationship. If there's no relationship, there's no relationship. And what I mean by that, even in a marital relationship, if we don't spend time together, if we don't abide with one another, if we're just two ships passing in the sea, or whatever the case may be, there's no relationship, and that relationship will go south. But, and even then, even in a good relationship, we need a reminder that we love one another, that we're there. That needs to be communicated in more than just words, but words too. And we, and we need to abide in His Word, and that is our strength. When I feel my weakest, and I need strength. I don't go to the refrigerator. Even though don't get me wrong, me and the refrigerator are very well acquainted. And I do abide in the refrigerator at times. Okay? And the refrigerator abides in me at times. But I'm talking about strength, just emotional and real strength. I get his word. And there's many ways I do that. Sometimes I listen to the teaching. Sometimes I listen to Good worship, what I mean by that is the lyrics are good. The lyrics are biblical. The lyrics are actually not so much focusing on my emotions but the words I focus on my Redeemer, my Savior, my King, my righteousness. Reminding me who He is because He's my strength. Reminding me who I am in Him, yes. I, you know, I'll spend time with someone praying talking the Word of God. I'll spend time just praying with the Word of God. Jesus. I'll spend time with him. There's sometimes, whether I worship our message, or sometimes it's just being there, sometimes I'll just sit still and know that he is God. Sometimes sometimes words, just, sometimes words get in the way in that sense. I just need to know his presence. I need to hear his words too, don't get me wrong. Granted, there's been times and tens times where all I can offer is a groan. That's the book or two. As in the book of Romans chapter 8. Groanings. But he hears my groans. He hears and I don't want to stay there. I don't want to magnify the groan. I want to magnify Jesus. You know, I've talked this before, and I'm, I'm just going to uh, close with this. A magnifying glass. Whatever you're zooming in on becomes your focus. And everything else becomes... If you focus on the Word of God, on your relationship with Jesus, it will bring everything in proper focus, in a proper way, in its proper order. But so many times I find myself focusing on the problem, the situation, myself. Whether it be my failures. There have been times where in the past I focus on, look what I did, look what i accomplished. And sometimes it goes down the road of pride. And pride goes before a fall. And that's usually when, when we get the ouches. But whatever I focus on becomes magnified in my mind. It becomes big in my mind. It's actually no bigger than it already is. But whatever I magnify becomes magnified in my focus. In my attention. In my emotions. In my perception. I want to magnify Jesus. I want to magnify his word. I want to magnify his truth. And I want to command those things that are out of focus to come into alignment to his truth. Does that make sense? I think it for me. Well, uh, we're gonna I'm just gonna close it with here, but it does say if we if we want to scroll down in Revelation chapter one, verse 16, John had a vision of Jesus, and out of his mouth came a two-edged sword. He goes on to say in Revelation chapter nineteen verse thirteen. And he saw Jesus clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name was called the Word of God. We're going to get into some of that as we get it further on. I know we didn't get very far. This is kind of just a pilot version of just getting into this this uh, series. We're going to be talking next week about Jesus is the grace of God. Jesus and then Jesus is the Savior of the world. That Jesus is eternal God, Jesus is the resurrected king of authority. We'll go into looking at the, the, the um, Jesus' letters to the seven churches, and there's a message for the church today. And we'll be looking at, his, we'll see his grace in there, we'll see Jesus and his nature uh, being revealed in there. And then we'll get into uh, the end time events and the, uh, whatnot. But the focus is always going to be Jesus. Amen. That is the center because, when, again, when things get chaotic, we need Jesus. We don't have to wait for that. Whatever you're going through right now, whatever's going on right now, Jesus is the answer. Jesus needs to be your focus. Even if everything's going well, even if you're having a day of your life, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is your focus. And and so, that, as a pastor, as a brother in Christ, and just as a friend, that's my heart is to lead you to Jesus. And... Uh, my job as a pastor is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, to edify the body of Christ. And I, I I there's no way I can equip you more than equip you to have a relationship with Jesus, the living word of God. Jesus is John more witness of the Word of God that gave testimony to Jesus Christ. Lord, we worship you. We magnify you. I thank you for every person who's listening. I thank you for every person who's here. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I know we're barely getting into this book, but I pray as we go forward, Lord, you will begin to reveal to us and to see this book and maybe even a new perspective that we need to see Jesus. And Jesus needs to be the author and the finish of our faith, our focus every day of, of our lives. We worship you, we thank you, we magnify you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You're already blessed. Let me bless all the more. God bless you.